This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Joe, bring your Bible with you tonight. Let's open up our Bibles again, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You can find that opening in your uh, Bibles. We're going to be talking about the life of faith for at least the third time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if you can find that opening, verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Yeah, we walk by faith and not by sight. I think some people have the mistaken idea when we talk about walking by faith that it's some kind of nebulous whatever uncertainty or whatever. But the reality is nothing could be more certain than walking by faith. Because what we're talking about is walking in the light of the Word of God, because that's where faith comes from, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. So when we learn the will of God through the Bible, and that's another fallacy, a lot of people may have the mistaken idea, you know, that, you know, God's sovereign, He's mysterious, He's all these different kinds of things, and so you never know what the will of the Lord is. Well, we, we got 66 books right here that's telling us everything. And this is the interesting thing. When Paul was writing to the church at Ephesus, he said, don't be unwise, but, but rather understanding what the will of the Lord is. So it is very much the will of God for you to know his will. Amen. So whenever somebody says, well, you know, I just don't know, you know, maybe God didn't want us this and that and the other. Well, thank God for what we do know, and that's what's in the Word of God. Amen. And that's what we're looking at this evening when it comes to our lives. We're talking about the practical application of how faith works, you know, as a believer and as a child of God, and um, when it comes to walking or living by faith. And so as we quickly, (laughs) quickly pass and review... That's my problem, man. Sometimes I, I just, it doesn't happen, okay? I like I get stuck on page one. So I'm going to do my best to move as, as quickly as I can. But when the Bible says that we walk by faith, it uses the word walk as a figure of speech. And really, by definition, speaking figuratively, it means to pursue a course of action, In other words, my life, my wife and our lives have been conditioned by something called faith. And that faith is a result of what we've learned from the Word of God concerning God's will for our life. And how many of you know God has a plan for your life? Now, what's unfortunate a lot of times is because people don't always see immediate results, then all of a sudden they become discouraged and they say, well, you know, maybe it's not true. Maybe it doesn't work. Maybe that's not what God meant. You know, they go through all these different kinds of gyrations and you really do have to, you, you, you really have to drive a stake in the ground and you have to decide that the word of God is the final authority. And not only that, but thank God you're going to believe it even though it doesn't look like those are the conditions that exist in your life. Because if you do, it will change. Are you listening to me? You know, uh, this is not really in my notes, but let's let's run over here to uh, the book of Hebrews. Notice something that the writer uh, mentions here in chapter 10 of the book of Hebrews. It's a, it's a familiar portion of Scripture, but it bears repetition here this evening. Notice in Hebrews chapter 10, verse uh, 35. Hebrews 10 and verse 35. It says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great... Everybody say great. great, great. Now, if I cast my confidence away... What do I mean by that? In other words, if I decide that God's word may not be true or that it doesn't work or I must be mistaken or whatever, then all of a sudden the recompense, this great recompense of reward gets lost, right? Now I've watched, you know, for 40, almost 50 years now, you know, where people, unfortunately, you know, they have casted away their confidence when it comes to the word of God. And they're no longer following God. They're no longer living for God. They're not, not, no longer doing the will of God. And it's such a sad, 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 sad thing. And it's because of, you know, this, that, or the other, you know. I mean, we live in this world, but we're not of it. 
But the God of this world, Satan, blinds the minds of people so that they won't believe. And so they choose, as a matter of choice, believing's a choice. Are you with me? And so again, that's why it's so imperative as a child of God, you, dri- you have to drive a stake in the ground. You have to decide, these are my absolutes. And it begins with what it is that God has promised and what it is that he said. I don't care what it looks like, you know, because the reality is, is that if you'll walk on with God, think about all the different people in the Old Testament and even in the New you know, different ones, you know, I mean, there was such a small percentage of people that continued on, you know, for example, Joshua and Caleb, you know, they were, they were two of 12 spies that went into the land of, uh, that God had promised, and they said, we're well able. Well, it didn't look like they were able, you know, all of the things around them, surrounding them, the circumstances of the country that they were about to uh, go in to possess, walled cities, giants, all kinds of obstacles, everything you can imagine that would contradict what it is that God had said in, in Numbers chapter, I think 13, no, 12, maybe verse 3, he said, I have given you the land. Now, they didn't possess it at that moment, but God said, it's yours. It's no different than when God says, I will supply all your need according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, you know, that may not be your parents' circumstance as, it's, as, it, as it seems right here at the moment, but, but the reality is, is he said he would do it. So you, you just sometimes you have to say, well, I, you know, I don't know how he's going to do it, but he said he did, he would and he will, and I believe it, okay? Now, that may be foolish for some, but I'm telling you what, praise God, it can be a real blessing to the one who believes in the Word of God, amen? Hallelujah. And as it turns out in the, in the case of Joshua and Caleb, they were the only two of an entire generation that actually had the opportunity to see what it is that God promised and see it manifest in their lives. And after they had went in and after they had begun to possess the land and after all of the tribes went out and did what it is that was necessary for them to get their inheritance, then at the end, Joshua said this. He said, there isn't one word that has failed from all that God said he would do. Now, you're talking about a 40-year period of waiting. We don't want to wait 40 minutes, let alone 40 years. But I'm telling you, that's why faith is a lifestyle. It is a way of living. It is a process uh, through which and by which you and I possess what it is that God has promised. But if you cast away your confidence then you don't receive this great recompense of reward. So that, again, brings us back to this simple thing. you got to settle some things in your own heart. I'm not leaving my wingman. You know what I mean by that, that phrase, you know, whenever, you know, planes are uh, in warfare, combat kinds of situations, there's one that's behind, and he's probably the most vulnerable, but the whole idea behind it is, is so that the guy in front of him can get the miss- mission accomplished. But if he bails and takes off, then this guy becomes vulnerable and can't do what it is it needs to. And, 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 and spiritually speaking, uh, that analogy is very, very true, dude. I mean, you can't bail on God where your life is concerned. You've got to stay faithful. You've got to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. See, the reality is, is that a lot of times in Christendom, you know, even in evangelicalism, people will say, well, you know, I believe in God, you know, I'm a Christian or whatever, but they don't live like it. You know, well, maybe they may believe that he exists and that's an important part of, you know, what our faith is, but it, it also goes on to say, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And when it talks about diligently seeking him, it's, it's basically just saying, God, I want to know your will for my life. I want, you to, I want to know how it is that you would have me to live, and I want to conform. Everybody say conform. Yeah, I want to change the way that I'm living. You can do it your way. People are doing it every day. I mean, they're doing all kinds of nonsensical kinds of things, and they're destroying their lives because it is counterintuitive to or towards the will of God. It's not God's fault. You know, 
People self-destruct all the time because they make poor choices. And the reason they do it is because they don't feel like this or that or the other, and they want to yield to their flesh or whatever. And so they're just going to, you know, let her rip. Well, you can do that. It is a choice. Or you can harness those feelings, those emotions, whatever it is that you want to define it as being, and say, no, we're not living that way anymore. Now, don't tell me you can't do that because I'm telling you, God has given you everything that you need to be able to live successfully as a child of God. So you got to get blame out of it. You got to get the whole victim mentality. Today, culture is preaching victimization like to beat the band. It's not my fault. It's got to be somebody else's. And if you buy into that, then you'll lose. And again, it won't be, you know, because God wants you to lose. He wants you to win. As a matter of fact, he's already made you a winner. Hallelujah. Are you with me? So, so we, have to, we have to settle some things about perhaps maybe the way that we think uh, when it comes to some of these matters so that we can enjoy everything that heaven has for us. Can you say amen? So in looking at this verse of Scripture again in Hebrews chapter 10 and 35, again it says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of, the King James uses the word patience. Another translation, might, you might, yours might say endurance. You have need of endurance. Now notice this, that after you have done, what's that word again? After, 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 after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Now again, that's what faith does. Faith says, you know, the Bible says that I'm to walk in love as, as a dear child of God and be an imitator of my father. And Jesus taught us as an example what love really, I mean, the God kind of love is, you know, and that it's selfless, that it's sacrificial, that it believes the best in the other person, that its hopes are fadeless and endures everything without weakening, you know, all of the different things that are described where love is concerned. I'm so glad Jesus loved us with the God kind of love. That he didn't throw up his hands and just say, you know what, I'm tired of this. I don't need all of this stuff that's coming against me and how people are, you know, maligning my life and lying about me and telling me all of this and that and the other and they want to kill me. I don't need this. I'm just going to go. He didn't do that. But the important thing for you to understand in the context of all this pressure and all this, you know, stuff that comes against you, you have authority as a child of God. As a believer, Jesus gave you authority. He said, nobody takes my life from me. I have the power to keep it or to lay it down. And when he went to the cross, that's exactly what he did. And you have been given authority. So you're not a victim in any way, shape, or form where your Christian life is concerned. People may mock you. They may, you know, scoff at you. They may say whatever it is they want to say. But I'm telling you what, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So you don't have to bow down. You don't have, you know, it's, it isn't important what people think about you. What's important is what he thinks about you. Are you with me? And yeah, you will be criticized. You will be, you know, all of the things that are described in the Bible, even persecuted. But you know what? Praise God. Again, the greater one is on the inside of us. We have been purchased by his own blood. And thank God he will stand with us in the midst of every adversity that we ever face in our lives and will come out victorious because we trust in him. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen. So the Lord is on our side. He's for us. But again, here I come back to this point. You cannot allow yourself to go into the blame game or the victim game. You know, if people would just do this or that or the other, you know, I'm this, I'm that, you know, and I'm, I'm suffering because get out of that. Stop it. It does nothing, but it, it does no good whatsoever where your life is concerned. You and God are a majority, and he's big enough to deliver you if you'll walk in the light of the word of God. Are you listening to me? The devil loves to come and put his arm around people and tell them how bad they've got it. 
But I tell you this much about it, praise God, you don't have it bad. The only thing you have uh, to look forward to is great and wonderful and bright. Are you with me? So don't get, you know, when, when either when the church is raptured or, 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 or Jesus comes again, don't look back and go, dude, I was a doofus. What was I thinking? Well, you were thinking like the world thinks. You were thinking like the devil thinks. Well, stop thinking like he does. And let's renew our mind to the word because, praise God, that is where the blessing of God is. Hallelujah. So when we ask a simple question, what is it that we're to have faith in? The answer is, is that faith begins with the known will of God. Salvation. You know, I didn't know anything about the salvation of God. I went to, you know, a mainline denominational church. They never, ta- they never told me anything. They, we went through all the, the, you know, things, but nobody told me I needed to be born again. Nobody t- told me that I needed to surrender my heart to him and give him all my heart, my life, and my mind. And so I went through all this stuff, and they just said, well, you know, if you're baptized in water and you become a member and, and uh, you go through some classes and we confirm you, you're good. I would not have been good. I would have busted the gates of hell wide open because our relationship with God is not about a bunch of perfunctories, you know, that we're, you know, all this jumping through all these hoops. It's about a heart relationship with him. And they didn't tell me about that because they didn't have one, you know? And so I ended up, you know, suffering because of it. But thank God I finally got it figured out just because some people love me enough to, you know, believe God for me in my messed up sin. Amen. So it's important for us to know the will of God. Hallelujah. And, be, and when I discovered that, you know, you had to be born again, uh, I finally got to the place of surrendering my heart and recognizing that's the only way into the kingdom of God. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me, that's a fact. Huh? There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must or can be saved. You can talk about Bahá'u'lláh, you can talk about Allah, you can talk about all the rest of them. There's only one, and his name is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And so it's important for us to understand that. Glory to God. So um, we ask this question about what the Bible says about your situation or your circumstance. And that's what you have to really get down to. When you have a, something going on within your life, it can, be, it, can be a, uh, it can be a health situation. It can be a financial situation. It can be a relational issue. It can have to do with your marriage. It can have to do with your kids. All of these different kinds of things. You have to ask Ask yourself the simple question, what does the Bible say about this? What is my responsibility? For example, let's just take a, a quick one here. Let's go back to First, uh, first Peter chapter 3. Everybody say it together. The Bible, the Bible. is God speaking to me. Yeah, hallelujah. The Bible is God speaking to you. So if we look here real quickly... Notice it says in verse uh, 7, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, talking about the marriage relationship. It says this, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them, them being your wives, according to knowledge, giving honor. Hallelujah. Did you know that honor is at the core of every healthy relationship? To honor and to respect someone is at the heart of it. And when you don't do that, you're in trouble. Are you with me? And that's just a simple fact. Are you with me? Some of you are looking the other way. I don't know whether you're kind of going, you have to bring this up? Yeah, I do. So again, look at it. It says, likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them, your wives, according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life. That weakness there is not making reference to a character issue whatsoever where the gal is concerned. Physically speaking, generally speaking, women are just physically weaker, okay? Now, in the weird world we live in, God only knows what people are thinking. But the fact of the matter is you're not built like a guy, okay? Simple enough. But notice it says, being heirs together of the grace of life. 
And why that's important is, is again, a lot of times in a relationship, we want to elevate ourselves, you know, as being, you know, the one that's right or, you know, whatever it is that we're thinking about. But dude, it's an even playing field here. We are heirs together. We're in this together. My wife and I, we're in this together. We do everything together. We think about what we're doing together. We, 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 we support, we contribute, we help, we, we do whatever for one another because we're in the fight together. We're heirs together of the grace of life. And notice that it goes on to say that if you don't get this attitude straight in your mind, your prayers will be hindered. Well, I just don't believe God, you know, even listens to me anymore. Well, check up. Why is that? We're talking about, you know, living a particular lifestyle based upon the known will of God. So when it comes to marriage, here's a simple thing. Am I doing this? And if I'm not, then I need to adjust. You know, a lot of folk, they say, no, uh-uh. I want, I want God to adjust. I want the Bible to say something different. That's not the way it works. But let's back up in the chapter. Notice what it says in verse 1. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection. Now, you know... <laughs> That's kind of get, it gets a bad rap, you know. It's talking about deferring, okay? It's not talking about being under someone's thumb. And I don't have time to unpack all of that, but that's about as best I can do. Be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation or the manner of life of the wives, that's an interesting concept, huh? You got some crusty old unbelieving outfit, you know, or maybe they're a believer, but they're acting like the devil. So the Bible tells the wife how she is to respond. And do you think that's easy for her? Not at all. Because he's being a knothead. Mind the right house? Thanks for your excitement, your enthusiasm. The thrill just is, is palpable in here, man. Woo! But, but the reality is, is that if you want to have heaven on earth, then you do marriage and you do life his way. And it's wonderful. Are you with me? You can have the best. But you have to contend for it. I'll say that. You have to say, this is the way it's going to be. And that's what Joshua told everybody else. He says, not one word has ever failed from all of the good things that God said that he was going to do for us. You're seeing the manifestation of it right now. He said, so now you got to decide, are you going to serve the gods that, you know, that we just have defeated and put down, or are you going to follow God and do what it is he wants you to do? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's powerful. Huh? As for me and my house, we're going to live for God. We're going to do the will of God. We're going to stay in church. We're going to be engaged in what it is that God is doing in the kingdom. Hallelujah. Listen, Jesus is coming. Have any of you read uh, uh, Brother Joe Morris's book yet? The End Times Made Easy? We need to get a whole pile of those and make them available to you. It's awesome. You know, you can actually understand what it is that he's saying rather than him being in a pulpit and you try to take a drink out of a fire hydrant, you know? It's, it's really, really good. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> that's beside the point. So what does the Bible say about your situation? Now, again, it may be any myriad of things that we may be dealing with, but <clears throat> remember this, you guys. Faith is walking by what you do not see. That's what faith is. Faith, in Hebrews, you know, it says... Um, that faith is the substance or gives substance to what we hope for. And faith serves as the evidence of that which we do not presently see. Hallelujah. So we may hope for finances or whatever. Well, faith says, praise God. I believe that God is going to supply all of my need. He's going to show me the direction I need to go. He's going to tell me what it is that I need to do. He's going to help me become a better steward of what it is he's entrusted me with. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Amen. Are you with me? <laughs> Tough crowd, honey. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's right. 
You know, sometimes, you know, you may say, well, you need to tighten up. What are you doing spending money for this that you don't need? Hallelujah. Huh? You know, it's like that one saying, you say, we spend money and do things to impress people that we don't like. Uh, how, how is that? We impress people. Oh, uh, we don't like or we don't need for people that we don't, ah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. That didn't go so good. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so here's another important thing for you to understand. When it comes to the situation that you, you're, you're currently in, it, it's so important for you to understand that we do not, listen, we do not deny the existence of that circumstance. Okay, you may be dealing with a real hardship in your life right now. We're not in denial that that, that situation exists or being in denial. We simply believe, listen, even though it's going on in our lives, we believe that we receive what it is that God has promised us in spite of what it is that's going on in our life. Does that make sense to you? Okay, that's what faith really is. You know, um, I don't remember when that was. Was it in January of 2020 when COVID came to our house, knocked on the door? Was that 2020? 21? Yeah, my wife and I were motoring along, minding our own business, and here it comes. Tax our body. I can tell you right now, for 11 days, hell showed up on my doorstep. But I can tell you also this, that not for one moment or instant did I ever accept what it is that I was experiencing in my body. I mean, every day I would get up, well, actually, I didn't even get up. But I would say, Father, I thank you, praise God, that by the stripes of Jesus I was healed. Himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. Glory to God. Are you listening to me? And so, in other words, I don't accept what it is that comes my way if it's outside the realm of God's will. And sickness and disease is not the will of God. Let me say that again. I said sickness and disease in no way, shape, or form, in any way that you want to try to cut it, is ever the will of God in anybody's life. Sickness and disease is the result of the curse. When Jesus came to this earthborn existence, he said that he came to do the will of God. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And the Bible tells us how God went, or how Jesus of Nazareth went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of who? The devil. Because God was with him. So when you talk about sickness and disease, it's not from heaven, it's from hell in any form. So we resist. Be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in what? Your faith, knowing that the same kinds of things are being accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. We all deal with this stuff. But thank God we can stand against it. Can you say amen? And we should stand against it. Glory to God. Because of what the Bible says. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. So faith is the substance of what we hope for. It serves as the evidence of what we do not see. So in living by faith, we, we do so by walking in the light of the word or his promises. That's the way it works. Now let's, uh, let's look at another verse of scripture. Turn over to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. <clears throat> verse 13. It says again, we having, we having, Everybody say, I have. Yeah, we having the same spirit of faith. You know, not everybody's got faith. They talk doubt and unbelief all the time, and they don't get any blessing out of the things of God because they don't, they don't, they don't practice what faith is. Are you with me? So we having the same spirit of faith. I like to be around people that have a spirit of faith. What's that mean? That means they believe God. They believe the word. Hallelujah. They trust God. They're happy. They're full of joy. Amen. Why? Because they know something the rest of the world doesn't. So we having the same spirit of faith as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I, uh, I'm sorry, let me, let me say this correctly. I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. We speak. 
And the point I want to make to this is, is that the person who has the spirit of faith says what the Bible says. Huh? The Bible says that God has a plan for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope, to give you a future. That's what I believe. I believe it every day. I don't care what's going on in my life. I don't care what hell shows up with. I'm telling you, God has a plan for my life, and it's good. God is a good God. Hallelujah. Again, that's another stake you need to drive in the ground because a lot of people, again, in the Christian community, they don't know whether God is good or not. They, they put all kinds of tags and different things on God. Lots of things he's being blamed for he's not the author of because they don't know the will of God. They don't know the Bible. They just heard it or religiously thought it or, you know, somebody told them this or that or the other. Man, thank God for his word because the word of God is true and the word of God works. So again, a person who has the spirit of faith says what the Bible says. I'll give you an example. I started reading the book of Proverbs again because it's the third of, uh, you know, May. One chapter every day. Get them all. So I want you to look at this scripture with me as it relates to the circumstance we find ourselves in today. Um, Look with me, if you would, at Proverbs chapter 1. And verse 29. Now, it's really, there's a lot of things that are said in the whole chapter. I encourage you to read it out of the ESV, the English Standard Version, and just, just read it because it, it, it has a progressive way of uh, uh, communicating and ministering to us as, as the children of God to listen to what God says. And he says, if you're enticed by sinners to go out and do things, you know, and it says, so is everyone that is greedy of unjust gain. These people, you know, they'll try to bait you into coming along, being a part of them. And he said, don't you dare do it. And it goes on. It says all these different kinds of things. I mean, how many of you know the Bible's pretty good advice? So as you're going and you read down through it and you get down to verse 29, it says that, and, and there's another thing um, in that, but it says, because they, people that are foolish, people that scoff at the word of God, because they hated knowledge, now listen to this, and did not choose. Everybody say choose. choose. They didn't choose the fear of the Lord. What does it mean to fear God? It means to reverence him. It means to reverence his word. When he tells you something, you better listen. And if you don't, consequence. So it says here, because they hated knowledge, didn't choose the fear of the Lord, and would have none of my counsel and despise my, all my reproof. Now that's a great word. How many of you like to be reproved? None of us. But here's the fact about wisdom, and that is that wisdom will bring reproof. In other words, it'll say, do not be a knothead. Do not do this. That's what wisdom says, okay? You know, you want to be a prudent person, you want to have discretion in your life, then you have to listen to what it is that God said, well, but I want to do it. Well, okay, but again, you got to live with it, baby. Are you with me? Because they didn't choose the fear of the Lord, huh? It goes on then to say, um, and... Uh, would have none of my counsel despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way, and they'll have their fill of their own devices. Now, that's not what I want to get to. Let's keep reading. Uh, For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But here's the word. But whoever listens to me, Everybody say, I'm a listener. Will dwell secure. Did you hear that? There's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. Can you say amen? You say, well, yeah, they just raised the, 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 the Fed rate on, on money. Yeah, so what? God only knows what they'll do next. But listen to what it says right here. Whoever listens to me will dwell secure. I believe that. I said, I believe that, and you need to believe that. You'll dwell secure and will be at ease, listen, without dread of disaster. 
You know, the things that the uh, administration and other people, you know, within government right now, what they're doing is it's a disaster. It's creating disaster. But the Bible right here says that I'll be able to live with ease and won't have to concern myself with all the disaster. You say, well, you are living in a dream world. Well, if I am, then thank God for it. Because all of your worry, all your care and anxiety ain't going to change anything anyway. Can, you get, can I get a witness? So we might as well just believe God. Notice what it says right here. Whoever listens to me will dwell secure. I don't know how that's going to happen, and I don't really care. I just know, praise God, he's going to take care of us or me or, you know, whatever. Huh? But I got to listen to him. Here's another in, in Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 20. The next chapter. So you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of righteousness. Now listen, for or because the upright will inhabit the land and those with integrity will remain in it. You don't have to start cheating on your taxes because you're being taxed out, you know, out of, yeah. Whatever. Well, I ain't going to give them all that money. They wasted it anyway. I'm not going to pay them, you know. And so you start shucking and jiving. Dude, pay your taxes. Whatever. I mean, don't pay any more than you have to. But pay whatever it is that you owe. Because when you start doing that, dude, you're going down another path and you don't want to be there. Trouble will show up. Are you with me? And you'll be tempted in this and that and the other, but you don't have to listen to it. Now, notice what it says to keep to the paths of righteousness. For the upright will inhabit the land and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. So much of what we see going on, and again, we're talking about living by faith. You know, we see all these things that people are doing, and there seems to be no consequence to, to their unrighteousness and their misbehavior and corruption and all these things. Mark my words. I said, mark my words. Trouble is coming for them, and they will not escape it. Now, I don't know how that all works out. I don't know why. A lot of times we say, well, I wish God would work a little faster. Well, you're not God, so don't worry about it. Okay? But I can tell you this much about it. There ain't one of them getting, getting away with nothing. Not one thing. So you can, you know. Amen. You know that scripture I was telling you about? Uh, earlier in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35, not to cast away your confidence has great repentance reward. You have need of patience and after you've done the will of God, you might receive uh, the promise. It says, for yet a little while and he that shall come will come. But now the just shall live by faith. Huh? And we are not of those that draw back unto predict, uh, perdition or destruction, but rather of those that believe. Everybody say, I believe. I believe, praise God, to the saving of the soul. Are you with me? We're believers. What do we believe? We believe the Word. We believe the Bible. We believe what God said. And I'll tell you what, praise God, we're going to dwell secure, and we're going to be blessed, and He'll take care of everything else. Amen. You know, yeah, but I'm already feeling the pressure on this, on that. Hey, man, I mean, when you live in a, in a messed up world, there's going to be pressure. But listen, he said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. He said, I said these things to you that in me you might have peace. In the world, there's going to be tribulation. But be of good cheer. Why? Because I've overcome the world. Amen. So we don't get all, you know, messed up and knotted up and this and that and the other, you know, when things come our way. We look to the Lord and say, God, I know you got an answer for this. Hallelujah. Am I in the right house? Okay, I just want to make sure because sometimes, you know, it gets really uh, quiet. So here's what I want you to do. Again, I've preached this like for the last three Wednesday nights, but you have to invest in yourself. And what I mean by that is, is when you meditate in the Word, when you think about the Word, when you get in the book, let the book get in you. And that's something that has to become a regular habit because a lot of Christians won't invest in themselves, you know, to get enough of the word on the inside of them so that God's promises can be theirs. But the Bible says to study 
Give diligence to show yourself approved unto God a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Stay with the word, stay with the word, stay with the word, stay with the word. You know, Jesus said in the last days, many false prophets will arise, and we're already seeing them. Dude, there's some people that are prophesying so much junk. You know, Mario Murillo, he, uh, he, he, he got out of a group of them. He said, I ain't doing this. Why? Because he recognized it as being false. When somebody prophesies something and it doesn't come to pass, guess what? That's false. And the best thing they can do is say, I was wrong, I missed it, and repent. But we don't see that happening. I'm talking about in our circles. Are you listening to me? So you better be careful about who you're listening to and who you're following. Because a lot of people, they shoot up flares and they got all kinds of fanfare and they got this, that, and the other. And dude, it don't amount to a hill of beans. What matters is right here. Are you with me? That's a pastor talking to you, I guess. Hallelujah. Because I don't want you getting mixed up in all that. You know, Jesus said that. He said these things would arise, these people, and, and some of them would end up being deceived, even the very elect. You know? Personalities mean nothing in the kingdom of God. All right? Thank God for whatever giftings that people have and whatever it is that's been endowed to them in terms of ministry and that type of stuff. But dude, if they're preaching a bunch of junk, you don't need to be following them. Are you with me? Because that's not... Uh... So anyway, to bring this to a close again without having finished and getting to where I wanted to again, if we'll learn to grow in our faith by being doers of the word... See, it's, it's the doer of the word, not, not the hearer of the word. You know, people, hey, oh, man, I delight in the word, man, hallelujah. Well, are you doing it? Well, no, not really. Why? Well, that would require me to have to change, and then I would be uncomfortable, and then I wouldn't like that. Tough noogies, baby, get after it. That's where the blessing is. Can you say amen? So if we'll learn to grow in our faith by being doers of the word, we won't have to live another day controlled by anxiety and fear. Brother Hagen, he's the founder of the school that, that I attended back in 78. He's, he, he went on to be with the Lord in 03. But he has a, a, a lesson that he taught on how to train the human spirit. See, we are a spirit. We have a soul, and we live in this body that we're in. The real you is spirit, Okay, now again, I don't have time to unpack all that. But he's talking about how to train. You know, he's talking about just as, you know, people, you know, they go to the gym, they lift weights, they develop themselves, you know, from a physical standpoint. Or, you know, you can do that in a, med men a mental kind of way, you know, where you develop your soul and, you know, academics and things of that nature through study and whatnot. Same thing's true where your spirit's concerned. So he talks about, in this lesson, he talks about how to train or develop your spirit. Because I'm telling you what, man, you need to be led by the Holy Ghost in these days in which we're living. Amen? Not sticking your foot in traps that the devil sets for you and all kinds of things. But there's four things in this lesson that he teaches. Number one, you need to meditate in the Word. Number two, you need to practice the Word. Number three, you need to give the Word first place. You say, well, what's that look like? Jehoshaphat is a great, great example of this in the Old Testament because uh, there was another king, and I, can't, I think it was Ahab, I'm not sure, but they had created an alliance. I don't know if it happened through marriage or whatever the case might be, but Ahab wanted Jehoshaphat's strength. I don't think that Ahab's right, but I'm not sure. Doesn't matter. Anyway, you know, they're going to go down, they're going to go to battle, you know, and, uh, and Jehoshaphat just called a timeout, and he said, um, have, has anybody inquired of the Lord? You know, well, they got their guys down there and said, oh, yeah, go for it, go for it. You know, you'll be fine. And Jehoshaphat said, nah, isn't there a man of God that we can call? And this other king, he got ticked. He goes, yeah, yeah, there is, but I hate him. Every time he prophesies, he prophesies something wrong. Jehoshaphat says, we ain't going nowhere till we hear from him. And so he came down and mocked him. He mocked all these false prophets and said, oh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, you'll be fine, you know. And, and then this other king said, see, see what I'm saying? He's just, you know, he's, he's just being a, he's not telling me what I want to hear, right? So my, my reason for using the example is, is that you got to put God's word first 
in your, what does the Bible, wait a minute, before we make this decision, what's the Bible have to say? So again, you need to meditate in the Word, you need to practice the Word, you need to give the Word first place, and then the second, or the fourth thing that he talked about was, is to obey the voice of your spirit, okay? Now, it's interesting because the thing is, is that, um, you know, when it comes to meditating in the Word, meditating in the Word doesn't give you faith, gives you the capacity for it. But just because you've been meditating in the Word, if you don't put it into practice, it's still never ever going to do you any good. You with me? You look at Acts chapter 14, the Bible says uh, that there was a guy that was uh, infirmed and, um, and uh, impotent in his feet. I don't think he'd ever walked. And the Bible says the same heard Paul preach. Well, what's, what's Paul preaching? He's preaching the gospel. He's preaching the word. He's preaching the promise of God. He's preaching what has been provided for us in redemption. Evidently, he's preaching about God wants to heal you. Amen. He wants you to be whole. He wants you to be healthy. And so the same heard Paul preach. And while Paul was preaching, the Bible says that Paul perceived that the man had faith to be healed. Now, here he is. He's never walked. He's infirmed. And yet Paul, the Bible says, perceived that the man had faith to be healed. In other words, he knew in his spirit the guy had faith to be healed. Are you with me? But he's not healed. He's still on the ground or wherever it was that he found himself to be. And so Paul pointed to him and said, stand upright on thy feet. And the Bible says that this guy got up and received, you know, strength and, his, and he got healed. Are you with me? So my point to that, using that as an example, you know, you can meditate in the Word of God. It'll give you the capacity for faith, but faith has to be released either by word or action. Yes. Huh? In other words, when I, when I read the Bible and it says, uh, husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church, I can read and meditate on that till Jesus comes. But until I act that out as an act of, you know, doing, conducting myself towards my wife in a loving kind of way, it doesn't do any good. Does that make sense to you? So she really wants me to practice that often. Hallelujah. Amen. Love your wives. Love your wives with your money. You know, love means no violence. Did you know that? You know, if you're being violent, if you're being abusive verbally or physically or anything like that, that's not love. That's not God's love. There ain't no blessing in that. Are you with me? Okay. You say, well, I can't help it. That's baloney. And I would give it another definition, but it wouldn't be appropriate in a church setting. Are you with me? Huh? I'll tell you what it is. It's flesh. It's all it is. Until you get your flesh under control, then you're going to have problems, okay? And it won't be her fault. It won't be the devil's fault. It won't be anybody else's fault. Just you. And I don't know how come me to get off on all this, but that's the way it is. You say, well, what's, what's the answer to that? First thing I'd do is I'd repent. I'd get on my knees before God and say, God, I'm an idiot, and I need your help really, really bad. And then I'd start doing what the Bible says so that I can get the blessing of God back into my life. Are you with me? Praise God. Declare a love war in your relationships. If you're a married man, find some. I mean, no, don't find somebody. You're, you already have someone. But, you know, find ways to be a blessing to them. Amen. Do things that would be a blessing to them. Are you with me? When you say, I don't know what to do. Do the dishes. Terry, do you do the dishes? I bet you do. I bet you're good at it, too. Hallelujah. Well, that's women's work. No, it ain't, dude. You're on the same team. Put the stinking dishes in the dishwasher. Hit the button. Put the little soapy thing in there. I'm going first, and then she can come afterwards. But she doesn't. I, I, I tell her all the time, I am so grateful for what it is that you do when it comes to, I mean, washing my clothes. Brian, I'm telling you. I mean, you know, hamper's full. No, it's not. It's empty. Why? Because she's out there throwing them. It's what she does. But at least I have an expression towards her to say, I want to tell you how much I appreciate it because I got clean clothes hanging in my thing all the time. Matter of fact, she says, don't you come in this house. You get them things off and in the washer. 
So I'm in the garage, you know, getting kind of like whatever, so that we get our stuff clean. Are you with me? You say, that's too much information. Maybe. But I can tell you right now, praise God, we have a wonderful relationship with each other. Try to outdo each other, praise God. What can I do for you? How can I be a blessing to you? Are you with me? People are just talking the other, this is another thing, you know, and, and she was uh, talking about some things that she wanted to get and pick up, you know, and there was opportunity or discount or whatever. I said, buy them. She says, yeah, but you know, they're kind of expensive. I don't care, buy them. Why? Because I want her to have the best. Amen? And if it's within my means, that's what she's going to have. Why? Because I love her. Huh? Amen. Woo! Okay, it's 8.03. But if you spend all your money on yourself, oh, you didn't have to go there. We, we stopped on such a great note. <laughs> well, if you spend all your money on yourself, you love yourself more than you do them. That's all. You know? Well, we can't afford this. Maybe there's something that you could go without so that we could. And I didn't name any names, just whatever. Just a thought. Selah. Because always remember, we're on the same team. Amen? It isn't that she doesn't want you to have things or vice versa. I said you'll be blessed. You believe that? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I got to stop. It's 803. Why don't you stand with me? Let's just pray together. We'll commit this to our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let's act on the word. Amen. You've, you've, we've sat here for about 40 minutes, and I've talked to you about what it is that God's said in his word, and we just need to act on it. We need to make an application of it in our lives. Amen. Now, for some of you, you know, maybe it's worry or care or anxiety or something of that nature. You need to resist it. I said you need to resist it. You need to say no more. I'm not going to sit and dwell on whatever it is that's causing anxiety in my life. Well, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? That's the devil. Huh? Start meditating on what God said about your situation and you'll be blessed. Are you with me? Praise God. Father, tonight, we're just so grateful. I, I'm so thankful, Father, for everything you've done. What you're doing in our lives, Father, you brought us under this present hour. We've had the privilege, Father, to honor and serve you and to love you. And God, we're so thankful. Praise God. Thank you, Father, for your blessing in each and every person's life here tonight. And I thank you, Father God, that as we declare your will and your word where our lives are concerned, Father, that your blessing will rest upon us. Hallelujah. Yes, in an abundant, powerful kind of way. And we thank you, Father, for your mercy and goodness. Say this with me, if you would. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I believe your word. I know it is true in my life and in the lives of others. Lord, I take you at your word to do as you would have me to. And I thank you, Lord, for your blessing in my life. Put a watch over my lips. Put a watch over my lips, Lord. So that anything and everything that is displeasing to you will not escape it. And I thank you, Lord, for good things, good speech coming from my being to bless others in my life. And I thank you for it. Yes, in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord, thank you for your blessing in every home, every family, every person's life here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. You may be seated. We're going to go ahead and receive our uh, offering this evening.